he helped make marijuana illegal, but to get hemp off the market because yep. they look so much alike. But um, people don't know the history of that. And uh, so people think that out, that marijuana and alcohol were uh, outlawed because they're sins or they're bad for health and alcohol is bad for health. But it had nothing to do with that. It had to do with people wanting to make money from other products. Welcome to the Miracle Plant Podcast, the show that inspires, promotes, and gives you a daily dose of inspiration from the people who have used cannabis to change their lives in extraordinary ways. Here's your host, Justin Benton. Welcome back to the Miracle Plant Podcast, where we discuss this miracle plant with so many names and how it's helping people in so many extraordinary ways. Well, today we have an author joining us here today, Daniel John Carey, the author of Dream Another Dream, Recover and Reimagine Your Life. Daniel, welcome to the Miracle Plant Podcast. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I know we were talking before we went live here um, and you've got a a tremendous story and and a journey and it even involves this miracle plant. So let us know how, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and your journey to writing this book. Well, um, dream another dream. I, I, I used to help people write books, including doctors, medical doctors, um, books about health and medicine and surgery and also health insurance and also all, um, recipe books and all sorts of things like that. But I only work on my own book now, my own books. I have another book coming out, two more books coming out this year, but, uh, dream another dream. I wrote a lot of it when I over the years, it was. It actually started out as something I wanted to write for my child, as like life advice, and that I would include a lot of quotations from people from throughout history. And it just kept getting thicker and thicker and thicker. So during the pandemic, I pulled it all out and I rewrote it and I turned it into a book. And I was dealing with um, a lot of my friends during the pandemic were uh, having basically life breakdowns, and I was writing. And I was um, also using some of the advice I was giving to them to put in my book, and it turned into that. But also during the pandemic, I had um, I had kidney surgery. I was born with uh, some bad kidneys, and um, so I needed the fourth surgery, and I was having some difficulty with pain and stress in my kidneys. And I um, that's how the plant thing came into uh play with me is the doctors wanted to give me these pain meds and things like that. And I didn't want to take them. I had several months before I could have the surgery. So um, I discovered that I could use marijuana to, I would eat it. I made um, hemp oil or marijuana oil, and I would use that to rid myself or greatly decrease the pain and stress in my kidneys until I could have the surgery. So that worked really well. But I also knew about the plant from years ago when I used to help doctors and um, nutritionists and stuff write books. And there's a lot of stuff way back. And it's always been there in the medical journals telling about the benefits of medical marijuana or marijuana for different um, situations. But we also have the endocannabinoid, how uh, I'm messing it up, endocannabinoid. I don't know why I'm putting another syllable in there. It's a tongue but, twister. I even messed it up. I've been saying it for nine years. Endocannabinoid is how I say it. Yeah, there we go. That system in our bodies. So we, we're creating cannab- cannabinoids. 
we naturally, it's just the plants give us a bigger rush. And um, I know that that sometimes there's a lot of uh, athletes who do it. I have a friend who is a was a professional athlete and he would smoke marijuana before his uh, his sports thing that he had to do. I don't want to identify him, but um, it definitely helped him. It's something that you get a rush of anyway, naturally, when you're exercising and it kicks your system into gear. But um, so there's a lot of athletes who use it. And uh, but with pain, it works really well. And it is a definitely there's no other plant on the planet that does the things that we can do with marijuana and its cousin plant cannabis. I was more into the cannabis side or I mean the hemp, the hemp side. I've never been much of a smoker or anything, but um, it's interesting what we can do with the plant anywhere from carpeting like i was said to food to car parts and plastics that are compostable they're not toxic like uh, petroleum plastics and they biodegrade and they don't cause the problems some of these plastics that we've made out of humans are made out of petroleum they don't even know how long they're going to last they might be here for thousands of years they don't know but they break down and they're causing all kinds of problems with marijuana with the hemp plastics we can make things that are biodegradable and compostable so you can even like just put them in your garden soil i have a garden and i um throw all sorts of food scraps in there but uh as far as the with my book i was talking a lot about thinking and how um your body actually creates not only molecules of emotion in tune with exercise but just molecules of emotion in tune with whatever you're thinking and whatever you're experiencing and how you're interacting with other people. And there's a book called Molecules of Emotion by Candace Pert. She was a doctor and she helped um, prove that you actually make substances in your body according to what you're thinking and doing. And um, in that way, you can help retune your 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 system just by the way you think. And um, I think that's one thing that marijuana does anyway is it provides a molecule that you create anyway when you're thinking when you're exercising and stuff like that and it binds with the cell receptors and it's a lot safer than a lot of things that people take for um thought situations chemical drugs they're trying to manage i mean i can't speak for all all people and all their situations but um i know it does help certain people especially if they're having stress, I had a friend who had a, a try, um, a, what's it called? Quadruple bypass surgery. And his doctor recommended that he take cannabis to relieve, to reduce his stress. So when I had, um, I broke my wrist in a car accident five years ago and the doctor who treats the, a lot of the sports stars, he told me that he tells people to get the, um, CBD lotion and put it and he had me putting that on my wrist every day the cbd so if there's you know it's finally being used widespread in situations like that of course there's still some people who are against it and some medical people who who still won't prescribe it or even suggest it to their patients and they instead give them the prescription meds or nothing when they could benefit from some kind of extract from hemp or marijuana. Um, and so that helps, but 
I guess you have some kind of a, um, a company in relation to that. Yeah. I mean, we basically started a dot org. Um, uh, one of them's the miracle plant.org. And, um, but it was started because, well, it wasn't started. What happened was my son developed a late, uh, um, you know, aggressive, severe diagnosis of autism out of the blue. And, um, so we needed to fix that. And that was the issue to get him healthy and talking and happy again. And so we, uh, we discovered the miracle plant. And like you were talking about, which I was going to ask you about was that, uh, you know, I had grown up, uh, you know, in the nineties was when I went to school and college and I, um, you know, I definitely, unlike uh, Bill Clinton, inhaled and exhaled. <laughs> but uh, I, uh, and so I, um, and I, and I was, I was, you know, I was pretty astute. And I really, when I go down a rabbit hole, I like to understand everything. And so I did a lot of research. And then I also figured out if I was going to graduate, uh, I went to Creighton University in Omaha. And if I was going to graduate from that private Jesuit institution, I better put the bong down and the video games, and I better stay focused because, you know, as we know, that uh, THC, which has been when it's been heated, it turns uh, originally the plant makes THCA's, the acidic precursor that the plant makes. And then you have to put fire to it, burn, decarboxylates the fancy word to turn the THCA into THC delta nine, which is the psychoactive part that makes you high and um, also affects, as we all know, your short term memory. And so if you're in college studying, to take tests and exams, you better make sure your frontal lobes are working so that short-term memory can get you those A's and B's. And as in my case, C's got degrees uh, to get me out of there with that piece of paper. So, but the, and, and so we set up a .org after it helped heal my son and, and heal his brain and, and detoxify the heavy metals and the pesticides and everything that his body had accumulated. Um, you know, so, but, but my question for you is, you were saying, and, uh, you know, congratulations again on the book, Dream Another Dream. Uh, by Daniel John Carey, C-A-R-E-Y, is when you were saying you were taking, because cannabis is cannabis, and if it's got more than 0.3% THC, our country calls it marijuana, which is actually a Mexican slang word that they used and stole from Mexico to bring people fear in the 1937 Marijuana Tax Act um, and the Reefer Madness movie and all that to make marijuana illegal or cannabis illegal. And anything less than 0.3% THC is considered hemp, even though it's the same plant just one, one molecule, whether there's THC or not. But when you were making your quote unquote marijuana oil or high THC cannabis, um, did you get high? I wonder, did you heat it? Was it raw? I'm just curious on that experience. (laughs) Yeah, I did. No, I heated it in oil, in coconut oil. And then I would take, I would, I figured out how much about I would take to relieve my um, kidney situation and it didn't get me. I mean, if I wanted to, I could have gotten really high if I wanted, but I just wanted to not have the stress and pain in my kidneys in preparation for this kidney surgery. And so um, I would, it would only take like an, a quarter or less of a teaspoon to do what I needed to do. Yeah. Well, I, that's interesting. I just, for some reason, when I was hearing your story, it almost sounded like you were keeping it raw. Like we do, we keep all of our products CBDA or CBGA, but, and I'd love to send you one. So after we get done, uh, just shoot me your mailing address and you can try it. It's just cold pressed hemp. Just like oh, okay. how you make olive oil, same thing. And okay. uh, there's a lot of powerful enzymes and untouched uh, full potential of the plant when you just eat it. Now that's 
I always say, if you want to get high, find the high THC cannabis and heat it. If you want to get healthy, find the high CBDA and eat it. Uh, it is a plant and uh, it is meant to be eaten. Um, but if you do find the variety that we call marijuana here in the country uh, and you heat it, you, you get high. But here's the interesting part that most people don't know. And we'll talk more about your book after this is, is that uh, so many of us grew up on Cheech and Chong and up in smoke and and you know there's a scene where they get pulled over and and tommy chong is woofing down all this cannabis or marijuana and uh because he doesn't want to get busted and so uh he, he experiences this like trip and all this kind of thing well here's the interesting part because the plant makes thca if you ate a whole salad bowl of raw cannabis, of raw marijuana, you would not get high. And I can tell you right now, if you walk into your local uh, uh, dispensary, depending where you live, or if you went cross state lines to where they have dispensaries who sell marijuana, if you ask that question to your 20-something bud tender, I bet you more would get that question wrong than right. Because when I, I was in, when I was in college, when there was a marijuana plant that grew on the patio, it just happened to be there. <clears throat> and um, one day a friend and I, we ate the whole plant just to see what would happen. And we didn't feel anything. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> but, um, you know, it, but you're it helping does... your endocannabinoid system. You were feeling healthy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it does have other benefit. You know, any plant has enzymes and, you know, yep. amino acids and bio yep. if it's raw, it has biophotons which yep. are little specks of light within each cell of every plant and every, each cell of your body. And um, they help with cell cu cellular communication, but any plant has that. Um, but yeah, we didn't feel anything with the eating a whole marijuana plant. Well, and here's another, here's another funny anecdote for you. So when they were creating uh, CBD plants, uh, which is hemp, but um, you know, the, the, there, there was a, a strain out in the Stanley brothers who has a, a popular company called Charlotte's web. And they named it after Charlotte Figi, who's our, you know, beacon of light. Her, it was her mother page who, uh, moved to Colorado as a, as a medical refugee to have access to the CBD oil. And, um, and that helped with her seizures. And that's what got, uh, on the farm bill of 2014, which allowed, you know, marijuana became legal in Colorado and, uh, Oregon and then California, but also it was undeniable that this plant could stop seizures and in, in a child, how could you, how could you not give access? And that's really, she was the Genesis. Anyways, when Paige, the mom went to Colorado to uh, try the CBD oil. She found the Stanley brothers and they uh, gave her the plant and they, uh, uh, you know, graciously named the plant after Charlotte, who's no longer with us. God bless her soul. But uh, they, so it's Charlotte's web, but the original name of the plant, they is called stoners disappointment because they were trying to make the highest possible THC plant they could by using hybrids and things like that. But they ended up making a plant that had only CBD. So they called it Stoner's Disappointment. So if anybody went and like tried to steal one of the plants from uh, their facility, they would take it home and smoke it and have the same experience you had when you ate that plant on the on the uh, porch there. So there's a little anecdote for you. You know, a lot of people don't know that um, alcohol prohibition back in the day, 100 years ago, wasn't even 
it had nothing to do with alcohol being a sin or a bad thing for health. It had to do with taking ethanol off the market so the gasoline and the petroleum industry could establish themselves as the fuel for automobiles. And they had that prohibition for how many, how many years? Like 1917 to, to, I don't know what year they got rid of it, but it had more to do with, because you can make ethanol in your bathtub, you can make it out of potatoes, you can make it out of all sorts of stuff. But the petroleum industry wanted to establish stuff and they, the, a lot of the politicians owned land where petroleum could be pumped. So they wanted to make their money. And then the, the what's his face, Rockefeller in Ohio, um, was it Rockefeller? But uh, Standard Oil in Cleveland, yep. where I grew up, um, he helped fund the churches who went out and um, had all the, the women who went around and some of the men went around to bust the bars and, you know, promote alcohol as a sin. And it had nothing to do with that. It had Rockefeller funding it because he wanted to get alcohol off the market so that they people wouldn't be putting it in their gas tanks. Yep. And it's yeah. the same thing with paint and it was the same thing with plastics. And that's why they also got rid of hemp in 37, because they didn't want to compete with such a versatile plant that could make oil, gas, plastics, clothes, paper. Yeah. Paint, well, all William, Randolph, William Randolph Hearst had all that land, government land that he had, you know, bribed the politicians to give him rights to American land where he could you know, grow all the trees, cut down all the trees for paper. And he didn't want hemp because hemp makes better paper anyway, better newsprint, better paper for books. It's less acidic. It lasts longer. It doesn't discolor. But um, he and he also had land in Mexico where he had the forest and he was he helped make marijuana illegal, but to get hemp off the market because yep. they look so much alike. But um, people don't know the history of that. And uh, so people think that out that marijuana and alcohol were uh, uh, outlawed because they're sins or they're bad for health and alcohol is bad for health but it had nothing to do with that it had to do with people wanting to make money from other products yeah the industrialists at the time um, definitely. And the other thing that people don't know, I mean, the people that have heard this podcast do, or at least I've said it about, you know, a hundred podcasts ago, but in 1937, when they passed the marijuana tax act, they, the, they did not check with the American medical association. So they passed a bill without checking with the doctors, our largest doctor association. So they came to the Congress after they passed this in, you know, injustice, uh, of a bill and said, what are you guys doing? We wrote 3.4 million prescriptions for cannabis oil last year for headaches and backaches and sleep and, and uh, pregnancy issues, pregnancy and, and women. And, 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 and you just took away one of our most valuable tools and how dare you? And it was illegal. Um, I mean, technically it's still illegal. Um, we, 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 it's still considered a schedule one drug, but in 30 or 35 different States now, you at least have access to it. But where I grew up in Omaha, Nebraska, I was just going through the laws cause we're, I'm doing this big, um, uh, project and, uh, it is illegal to possess, uh, cannabis, uh, marijuana, whatever you want to call it, uh, in the state of Nebraska, it's illegal. It's against the law. You will get a ticket. You will get, you know, and other states are even worse. So it just, it's, we've come a long way, but man, we talk about taking an 80 year detour 
just for for you know some jerks and corporate greed who wanted to you know chop down trees and and make uh you know make the profits off of uh petroleum based you know stuff that kills our earth and not only that but we're cutting down trees which provide oxygen not only for us but for the whole for all animals that need oxygen instead we could be planting fields of hemp and create things locally including the paper and the fiberboard and paints and inks and shampoos and food and all that stuff locally with farmers locally and it would help the farm industry but instead we we have this outlaw and we're still using wood paper for newspapers and wood paper for magazines and wood paper for cardboard and all this other stuff when we could be growing hemp and helping the not only the farmers but an acre of hemp absorbs more greenhouse gases than an acre of trees so it would help not only to keep the forests alive and not cut them down for all these products but to grow hemp for the products help the farmers help the help the the environment and provide less toxic materials that are safer for the planet. It's just, it's nonsense that this is even going on, but I we're seeing some changes. It's just not happening fast enough. And, um, you know, that we I live in Santa Monica and we had that big major rainstorm like you did up there. And um, all the trash that washed out into the ocean, the, the ocean, the beaches were covered with all sorts of plastics that washed up from the ocean after the, all the garbage was washed out from the cities out into the ocean. and those plastics are all petroleum they're they're killing the birds are eating them the seagulls are dying there's seagulls that i saw recently that are rot was well two of them that were rotting on the beach and their stomachs were burst open and there was all kinds of plastics inside their guts and that wouldn't happen with marijuana with plastics that would biodegrade and you know be compostable so we need to it needs to just get done um, it's amazing that's, but the people with the money are still the old school people with the petroleum on me, money and the, all this other stuff. And they're still, they're against it, but little by little, they're going to have to break, you know? Yeah. Well, we'll keep talking about it on podcasts and, and, uh, maybe we'll just have to have uh, Joe Rogan rebroadcast this for us, shall we? And uh, get, get, get the word out there. We are getting there little by little, there's no doubt, but. Uh, it's 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 a long ways to go, and usually uh, one of my uh, co-hosts uh, and producer Dan Humiston's on here, and he uh, he has a platform for uh, dozens of cannabis and hemp related uh, podcasts, and he sometimes has to remind me like, look how far we've come in the last ten years, and it's true, and we have. Um, but uh, another uh, uh, a great advocate for the plan is Doug Fine. If you ever get a chance to read any of his books, I highly recommend it. Uh, American hemp farmer was one of his latest, but he's uh, an accomplished uh, author like yourself. And he, um, he says, we're in the bottom of the ninth inning with two outs and two strikes. We can still hit the home run, but, uh, you know, we can't wait much longer. And, uh, he, uh, there's the famous saying by Jack Herrera who said, uh, hemp may not save the world, but it's the only thing that can. And whether or not we adopt hemp. Uh, as a as a as a hum, as a human species or not, uh, that's up to us. If we want to live in a habitable world to adapt, you know, sustainable things like hemp and bamboo uh, and things like that, or hemp will just grow wild and free like it used to, um, and it'll clean up the soil, which is what it does. It'll clean up the air, which is what it does, and uh, it'll clean up this planet and and clean up the mess that we've made, uh, whether we exist or not. Eventually, something will come and clean it up like hemp. So. 
I knew um, Jack. I knew Jack. He, he would say his name was pronounced like Terror, Jack Herrer, because yep. yep. he used to have this booth when I was a teenager on Venice Beach promoting marijuana and telling people about all the history of it and stuff. And then he had that big protest that went on for months at the federal building in Westwood. Yep. And um, people would hang out there. There were all these tables and protests for, I, don't, I think that went on for years, but um, he was very popular here on Venice Beach. And then he wrote the book and then, um, but yeah, Jack Hare, I had conversations with him and um, he, he knew a lot. He didn't take care of himself. He could have lasted a lot longer, but um, yeah, I, he did some really good work. People just yeah. him because he, they thought he was like a dirty hippie, but he was very smart and um, yep. they were body shaming. <laughs> that had nothing to do with his knowledge yeah well he wrote the book you know obviously the, the emperor wears no clothes or and uh he uh he definitely started the movement and uh or was a pioneer and uh you know he was the one that talked about hemp having fifty thousand uses and and i sometimes a lot of us wonder what he would think about the progress but those of us that uh know, knew him were like well he'd probably just be pissed off because we're not all the way there yet but keep no. fighting the good fight. But we have come a long way. He did that all through the Reagan years, too, when the war on drugs was being escalated. And it was basically a, a war on Americans, which is what Jack talked about. But um, and then America was using there were you can look up Jack Webb or Gary Webb and um, the Mercury News reporter who wrote about the the way the crack cocaine thing was happening and how it would magically show up in the poorer parts of the cities and spread like wildfire and then be used as something that they could arrest more people. And it's, it helped serve the prison industry and all that stuff. The prison industry um, magnified during the eighties with that thing going on. But Reagan also did that paraquat thing where he sprayed the chemical, the acid pesticide on or defoliant on plants in Mexico with agreement with the Mexican government, but they would spray the fields of marijuana. But the thing is, it was tasteless and smellless, but it would just kill the plants, but you could still smell, still sell the marijuana. And then people were smoking that with Paraquat on it, which wasn't good. But it's amazing what we spent, what the government has spent to try to control a plant that's, that shouldn't be controlled. Nope. And, and there's just, it's obviously a trillion dollar industry, big pharma to, to handle things like pain, stress, and sleep. And, and at the end of the day, it's the same, it's history repeating itself, whether they abolish, you know, um, the plant in 1937, or they continue to, the FDA just came out last week and said, they're not going to regulate CBD. They don't have the framework for it. Uh, which is total BS. They don't want to do it because everyone knows you get a nice cushy job at the FDA. Your next job is sitting on the board at a uh, at a big pharma, you know, company. And if you don't believe me, go do the research on the last five commissioners like Doug yeah. Gottlieb. Go see for yourself what they're doing now. And the FDA would not exist, just like the NCAA would not exist if it wasn't for TV contracts and money. The same thing is the FDA would not exist or, or, or even be what even a fraction of what it is if it wasn't for big pharma pushing all the, their pills through its system to pump it up. So, again, we have a plant that, as you know, with your garden, you can grow in your backyard totally legal. And we send out free seeds. Just uh, put it in there in your notes when you place an order for some of the cold pressed oil and just say, I want some seeds. And we even have some videos and you can just plop those seeds in the backyard and up pops this beautiful plant and then uh, when it buds out you can you can um you know cut it down and and then put it you can juice it fresh 
which is what we like to do, or just throw it in your freezer and store it for till next year's harvest and, and pop some of those into your morning juice with your celery and your kale and all that good stuff. So, but I, before I don't, I, this has been a wonderful conversation. I really appreciate it. I want to talk more about your book um, uh, before we have to go. So tell us a little bit more about the inspiration and, and how it can help people. Um, well, I have this book. There's another book coming out called dream your world soon, I think next week, but um, it goes along with it. Well, it's sort of a separate book, but it also goes along with it. I have, I have a lot to say. So this one has a lot to do with um, child abuse and recovering from that kind of life trauma and stuff like that and thinking and theory and um, moving forward out of that, including like the way you think and do get involved with things that you want to do because it helps your body get used to creating those that body chemistry that goes along with doing those things. It's like people who um, practice anything like baseball or football or sport or ice skating or even dancing or something. The more you do it, the more your body gets used to it. The what you do helps create the wiring of your nerves inside your brain and throughout your body. And the more you do things, the more your body gets used to um, doing it. But it also creates different uh, levels of um, receptors on your on your cells and gets your body used to creating certain body chemistry in, in relation to what you're doing. It's like people who um, think in certain ways that are really depressed and aggravated and frustrated. They're actually creating molecules of emotion. If you read Kenneth Pert's book, The Molecules of Emotion, and those those chemicals leave your body and through your skin and your breathing and everything. And they could be picked up by other people and it can also affect their affect them, the, the molecules of emotion of the people who are around you. That's why it's good to be around people who are doing what you wanna do and avoid people who are doing things that are what you don't wanna be involved in. And, um, but I talk a lot about that, but also like getting your, readjusting your body chemistry through exercise and adopting a healthy lifestyle, adapting a healthy lifestyle, um, eating healthy, uh, thinking and being involved, setting goals, um, and focusing in what you want to do and get involved with it. Even if you can only do it for like an hour in the morning before you have to go to live the rest of your life. Um, I'm a writer, so I wake up and write every morning. I also run a screenwriting workshop, one of the largest screenwriting workshops. And, um, we have over a thousand members. I wrote a screenwriting book also that's used in as a textbook in colleges and universities. And, um, so I do that. And then I have a book about um, nutrition coming out also, because I used to help people write books and I'm only working on my books. And I, I used to help people, uh, nutritionists and doctors, like I said, write books about health and medicine and nutrition. And I know all sorts of stuff. And I used to even have to like correct the doctor's stuff and research stuff for them and teach them what they didn't know sometimes. So I know all sorts of stuff. So now I'm putting it all into books and getting it out there because I think it's helpful. So that's, that's wonderful. Well, tell us about the new book here. Now you're teasing the new book. If it's coming out next week, let's hear about <laughs> it. Dream Your World. It's a lot. Um, it's like this, but it's a lot different. This focuses on more like recovering from life trauma. Dream Your World is more like creating the world you want, creating life, the life you want. And it's less focused on um, life trauma. There's It covers a little bit about that, but it also covers other things that I, I, I had just had too much to put into one book. I mean, this is pretty thick. Dream Your World is also 400 pages or 500 pages or something like that. So I had a lot to say. So I wanted to get it all out there and put it in a book because I know you never know how long you're going to last. And I didn't want the knowledge to die with me. And so that's what I'm doing. 
<laughs> love it, man. Yeah. Well, I, I, I want to introduce you to my mom when we get a chance. Uh, uh, Janet Benton Gaylord, she's the same way. She's got all this information, a holistic healer, psychologist, integrative nutritionist, uh, and a massive, massive researcher. Is, and, she writing? Uh, is she writing books? She is writing, but she's having issues like getting it, getting it out. So I'd, I'd love for you to kind of help inspire her to, it's actually her birthday today, believe it or not. Maybe and, I should uh, do a Zoom with her. Is she in California or where? She uh, normally is, uh, but she's in Nebraska right now. Where are you, John? Or, Santa John, Monica. Where are you, Daniel? Santa yeah. Monica. Okay, yeah. So you're just down the street. We're up in Ventura, about an hour north. Yeah, I could Zoom with her and tell her a whole lot of stuff. Because I used to work in publishing, and there's a lot of stuff that you should know if you're going to write a book. Because there's a lot of scam artists out there in any industry. But there's a lot of stuff going on in the publishing industry that... But if you write a book that's a, specifically targeted, there's certain ways of... Um, a targeted audience, like my screenwriting book is targeted towards screenwriters. And there's, there's just certain books that you want to do in a certain way that you don't, that help that you don't have to deal with certain publishing things. Yeah. yeah. I could talk to her. Guys would, it would, I think obviously you're a very accomplished uh, author and, and she's, she, she needs to just like you were saying, and I talked to her yesterday, I think, and she was, and she's normally a co-host on here too. Um, but, uh, she would, you know, say she can't, she, what a tragedy would be if she left this earth, you know, in the physical realm without leaving the information that she has in a book. So that's when you said that I thought, well, we definitely got to get you two connected. So, and she'll hear this podcast and, and I'll make sure that you guys get connected. So well, that's screenwriting uh, book. Yeah. So tell me about that. I mean, have you, have you written any screenplays that we need to know about here, John? Are you sandbagging on us? <laughs> I, I help polish scripts for producers and writers. And I, my workshop is for writers to help them polish their scripts, to get them ready for production. Um, I've written some scripts, a couple have got financed and there's a lot of things that go on before a movie gets shot. And then there, there was like one script I wrote, got financing and they had the locations and are casting all the people. And they wanted, the financers wanted this one person to star in it. And then we got him and then he got offered a TV show and he dropped out and he took the TV show and then it all fell apart. So there's all sorts of stuff like that that goes on with screenwriting, with the film industry. And then another script I wrote that kind of got financed. Um, the producers and the financers and the distributors all had already worked together on other projects. And about six weeks before they were supposed to start shooting my film, they um, started suing each other. So that fell apart. Right now I have, I mean, I've placed in all these contests, like in the top contests, like the Austin Film Festival and the Nickel Contest and writ, run by the Academy Award organization. But um, right now I have a screenplay that's going to be announced. I can't tell. I'm not supposed to say anything about the organization. But in a month, at the end of this month, they're going to announce that my script is one of the top 20 in this one This one situation is um I forget what they call it, but I'm not supposed to tell until the end of the month what that's about. But it's a script that um, there's already someone important in the industry who wants to direct it. And who knows? There's all these games that have to be played before you could start shooting and stuff could fall apart at any moment. Maybe this will fall together and we'll see it on a big screen in a couple of years. Well, that sounds so exciting and and fun. And, and you'll have to let us know uh, when when. Or I guess we'll just see your name up there. Maybe we'll just see you walking <laughs> down the aisle getting your award. You know, hey, they'll be like, hey, <laughs> that's awesome. That, that would be so, nice. 
Well, I must, then you, you, you definitely sound like a, a fellow Renaissance man. You've got your, uh, you've gone down quite a few rabbit holes, brother, and, and accomplished so much. So it's been, uh, it's been a real treat talking with you. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. And I'll yeah. send you a new, I'll send you a copy of Dream Your World also. Awesome. Well, thanks for that. I noticed that it came in an Amazon uh, bag. Did you buy it from Amazon to get it to me or did you just? No, they send out. Well, Amazon, because my books sold us, they saw at a certain level. Amazon kind of takes things over in certain ways that. Um, but yeah, the publicity, got, the pl- publicity copies get sent out through Amazon. Oh, gotcha. 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 Oh, that's yeah. awesome. And uh, well, a final message. I know we've covered so much, but a final message you want to leave with our audience and where where can they get your books and what books can they should they go? Um, the quickest way is Amazon. I know there's bookstores that sell, but I don't know where. I mean, I'm not connected to the distribution network that I just write and I put them out there. But um, it's on Amazon. Dream another dream, and uh, Dream Your World would be available. I think at the end of next week. And um, screenwriting, if you're interested in screenwriting, that's also on Amazon. The book Screenwriting Tribe. This is my copy. It's all beat up to hell. I tell people it's not a book to preserve. It's a book to like write in and make notes in and make it your own. Because when you're writing a script, there's certain things you got to know and you want to like outline and stuff that applies to the script you're writing. But yeah, my books are on Amazon and Dream Unit. Especially if you've been through some like really horrible childhood stuff, this might be helpful. Love it. Well, I'm I'm so glad we got a chance to meet and you you taught me a few things and I hope I taught you a few and I hope you are listeners right now. You learned a few things and go out there and go grab uh, grab Daniel's books. And uh, yeah, this has been amazing. So at the end of every podcast, we say heal the world because that is our mission to reach one billion people with a B by the year 2025, which is creeping up on us. And uh, and so we say heal the world to lift the vibration so people out there can hear it, can feel it and find this miracle plant that can help them take control of their health. And also, you know, obviously with with Daniel writing the book about taking control of your mental health uh, is such an important part of your health and holistic healing. So on the count of three, listening at home, join us in. Daniel, join us in the count of three. Let's say heal the world. One, two, (laughs) three, heal the world. All right. Well, thanks for joining us, everybody, on the Miracle Plant Podcast. And we will see you next week, wherever you listen to your podcast, be it Spotify or Apple. Make sure you give us a review, rate it. And send it to somebody that was on your heart when you heard it so they can listen and learn about this miracle plant, these great books that Daniel's writing, and this mission to reach 1 billion people by 2025. So be a blessing, everybody, and happy healing! Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. I'm Joyce Gerber, the creator and host of the award-winning podcast, The Kenna Mom Show. And we are on a mission to enhance the impact women have on this industry as business professionals, healthcare providers, policy advocates, caregivers, moms, by sharing and preserving their stories of love and kindness, wisdom, and hope. I am so grateful to have found my tribe of Kenna podcasters right here on Pod. Connex, and look forward to our work of crushing the stigma around cannabis and caregivers and building this new industry together.